I can't even believe it, but it is our last episode of the CCW 10th anniversary podcast. Sarah, how do you feel that? (laughs) Um, I'm feeling like it's the last one and this has been a journey, but it's been a good journey, like fulfilling, like challenging, fulfilling, like so grateful to have gone on this journey with you. I'm grateful to go on any journey with you, honestly, like, you know truly one of my best friends like ugh. let's but, start planning our next podcast that we're going to do together and it can be a travel one or something <laughs> Ooh, yeah you know we're vaxxed we could do it could. we've been learning about launches we'll just do like a podcast launch or something we, oh idea we do a podcast about launches from the different places ccw has done launches and we interview people virtually from those places and we're like do you remember this and we can like make it a video podcast <laughs> we'll bring a picture of derek with us and just carry it around <laughs> do you recognize this this gentleman <laughs> yes perfect perfect although they might know him as mark Vern, you know which is uh, one of his aliases so we'll have to let let there be multiple um, names for Derek available to people. Well, it's available I've, to you, you know. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed our interviews and all of our segments, and also connecting over community questions. That was a yes. segue for you. So our last community question segment. Yeah. Um, all right. So I believe the community question, and correct me if I'm wrong is who is your favorite music artist? Yes, so we're talking about worship, which is a lot more than music, but this seemed like a good question for it. And I do have a favorite artist. I feel like not that many people will know who my favorite artist is, but that's okay. Um, So my favorite artist is a alternative band, that was pop, well, was pretty popular when I was in high school. Um, they're doing like, they had this whole like 15th anniversary slash farewell tour planned and then it got canceled because of COVID. Um, but anyway, I love their music. I have several of their albums on vinyl when they release them like special and the band is Me Without You. And it's my favorite. Love it. So, yeah. What's your favorite artist? Okay. So, um, one, I now need to go listen to Meet Without You because they sound cool. Um, But I'm going to cheat and I'm going to pick two artists. And I'm going to argue that I should be allowed to do this because they've been my top artists of the year on Spotify every year since I got Spotify. And they once released an album separately. They each released an album, but it had the same name on the same date in the same year. And so I think that they're connected enough that I should be able to list them both. So there is uh, Taylor Swift, who everyone generally knows and loves because she is a queen and is very popular. And, you know, just she's great. Just singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, genius, um, icon. And then a smaller uh, singer-songwriter guy who does kind of indie rock, kind of alternative singer-songwriter stuff, whose name is Noah Gunderson, um, who 
I just, I love him. He is, his lyrics just like have depth and I relate to them on so many levels. Just, I think we have similar lived experiences in some ways. Um, so just, yes, those are my, my favorite uh, musicians, musical artists, whatever terminology you would like to use. I know you sent me some of Noah Gunderson's songs and I feel like your love of Noah Gunderson is a lot similar reasons why I love me without you. So I feel like they kind of connect, Mm -hmm. um, even though their music is very different. Um, but neither of us listed, although I'm sure we do very much appreciate the music of neither of us listed the CCW band as one of our favorite artists, but I will say they're the only CD I keep in my car. CCW band is my exclusive car CD. I praise because none of us have CD players anymore, <laughs> except for in our cars. I mean, I don't. So. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's just in my car and I I keep the CCW band CD in my car. And that is like, it's actually specifically um, the You Have All My Life um, CD because we have three albums. The band has done three albums, Awaken My Soul, um, you all my life and all is grace. Um, and yeah, that was, I somehow got that CD like very early on in my time in CCW. I'm not really sure how, and it's just been in my car for the last like five years. Interesting. Yeah. I need to put one in my car. That's a good idea. I'm going to do that after this. Yeah. Um, It's really great whenever you're like not connected to the internet for some reason, like to have that to play. It is good. And we have uh, interviewed today. Our main interview is with Troy, who... Who sings on that album. That album, yeah. So also, um, I know we mentioned this for Austin's interview that his was kind of a masterclass. I feel like there were things that Troy said that were just like quotable, great advice, like... Profound. TED Talk. I feel like his was like a TED Talk and it was very good. And maybe we'll have to release the full interview at some point because lots of great things. Yes, and then we and very much like, longer than we had anticipated it being. But and we got to talk to some like people who were in the band when it started, Aja and Aaron, and even people who've been a part of like the new iteration of the band with Neil. So it's a good episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we got to talk to Taylor, who is like one of our new students about um, the future of worship, particularly in relation to accessibility. Taylor's been signing our Evolve Worship um, gatherings and that's just, it's been beautiful. Like we just really appreciate her and the, the way she invites us to make the table bigger and build new chairs for people. Taylor's just like personified joy. Truly joy incarnate, absolutely. So it's a good episode. Looking forward to it. Hope y'all enjoy it. So stay tuned. CCW 10th anniversary podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sarah. 
and we're celebrating 10 years of asking questions, exploring faith, and loving one another in CCW. Join us as we recap the last 10 years and hope for the future with individuals who have shaped and continue to shape CCW. We'll share stories, laughs, dreams, and insights as we unpack the last decade of living the 614 life. We're so grateful to be able to come together to celebrate the continuation of this ministry where college-age young adults become leaders and laborers who will rebuild, renew, and restore their families, communities, and the world. Thanks for listening. Okay, so um, when I was uh, in CCW, I was in charge of the JU sector, um, myself and Taylor Brill. Um, he was an awesome guy. We um, did the uh, the weekly gatherings. We prepared the food. We uh, made sure everybody had everything they needed prior to, uh, made sure uh, we um, got food together, um, had the space organized. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, it was it gave me some you know private time with uh, some other people get to to get some um, other connections. And um, it was actually my first year at JU when I met um, Derek and the whole group. It was Access Two Eighteen, then it wasn't uh, CCW. So now I am a paralegal for Allstate. I do insurance defense. I go against, you know, Morgan and Morgan, Harold and Harold, Farrah and Farrah, all those big guys. Um, so it's actually a lot of fun. I learn um, a lot of new things every day. And uh, it's interesting to see what people will do for money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually look forward to being an attorney someday. But for now, I'm coasting as a paralegal. I love when all the um, campuses came together and we all worshiped together. I was actually on the worship team as well. So I had my um, some times where I would be um, helping lead worship with Troy or Derek or Aaron at the time. So I really enjoyed that. They uh, kind of um, brought my passion back into music. So I appreciated that as well. There was one Evolve I do remember where we took um, we took our pain and we wrote it down. And we put it in this uh, we put it in this jar of water. And it was it was a symbolism of, uh, you know, um, praying um, away our, um, our pain and um, anything that's on our hearts that we wanted to get off, we put it in this jar. And I really, really, um, really like that Evolve Gathering because I feel like at that time I was going through so much. And I remember like, you only said like write two or three things, but I filled up my sheet. Hello everyone and welcome to our final main interview. Um, this is the last episode of the CCW 10th anniversary podcast. And we're talking about worship. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm sure it's been a wild ride of a podcast, but let's dive into this last minute interview. Um, today we are joined by Troy Aragon Buchanan, who is someone who, when I showed up in CCW was definitely one of the major players and like is very essential to, my CCW experience like as a student and so I'm just so excited that we have him here and that he's gonna get to like talk about worship with all of us and that I get to spend time with him because he lives in Atlanta now and so I don't see him that much and so I'm really grateful uh that he is on the podcast today um so Troy uh how are you introduce yourself what have you done in CCW and what are you doing now (laughs) yeah hi friends it's very good to be with you today and to share space over Zoom. Um, yeah, my name is Troy Aragon Buchanan. Um, like Sarah said, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. We actually just hit two years 
here in Atlanta, which is just crazy. I know time sort of passed differently over the last year, but I, I can't believe we've been here um, this long. But uh, nowadays, I work at a church called Eastside Church in East Atlanta. Karina and I both, uh, Karina is my wife and my partner. We both work here at Eastside, and we've been here for um, about a year and a half now. And uh, I'm well. I'm well. It's crazy, crazy days, but but all is well. Oh, and what did I do in CCW? That's a great question. I did so many different things in CCW. I um, was brought on originally. I was, <laughs> I guess this may come up naturally, but I'll, I'll just start here. Like I was brought into CCW just like as a bass player. I knew Jared, who was the sort of the worship person before me, and we were just friends. And he CCW needed a bass player for uh, a conference here in Atlanta, actually, but this was way before we moved up here. And I was hired to come play bass, and then Derek just took a liking to me. And so he kept asking me to hang out, and I was like, who is this guy? And uh, eventually I was asked to come on, like, really, really part-time to basically just, like, schedule musicians. And it was like a 10-hour thing, and then I eventually took on more time and more time, and then I was full-time, and... Uh, as a full-time director for like three and a half years, um, I worked for CCW from 2014 to 2019 as a as a director, and then I'm I'm on still as a as a specialist. So yeah, that sparks so many questions for me, and I really love hearing that kind of um, slow journey. And I'm sure there are a few people listening who can think about how. Uh, Derek noticing them or maybe another director or someone kind of investing uh, kind of brought them deeper into the ministry. But uh, since you mentioned Derek and that connection, we have to start with the question, how's your soul? Uh, my soul, is it, it, it feels like these days it's, um, it exists in two states. You know, it's very um, relieved that we are coming out of a very hard year and a half. And life is not normal yet, but uh, it's starting to look more normal. And being a fully vaccinated person and all of my, my close people are, are also um, in that boat. You know, I, I can breathe easier knowing that my grandparents are, are safe and, and all these things. Um, so there's like that reality. And there's just the reality that like the world, the rest of the world is still very much not caught up and you know, I have these days where I just feel really good about, oh my gosh, like, you know, my city is, you know, the numbers are great in Atlanta, Georgia. And then, you know, Twitter today was like, oh, only 10% of the world is vaccinated. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, it's just like reminders of, of that. And um, so yeah, my, my soul exists in two, two states, I think right now, but, um, but sort of more immediately on the ground. I mean, there's just so much stuff that God is doing. And uh, when I, when I stop and take account of it, um, and see all the things that are happening in my life now that I've dreamed about for so long and seemed like, and you know, just impossible, you know, things, um, you know, having a, a, a ministry space to work in and that I love and is, and it's just open and inclusive and accepting of every, every part of me and, and, uh, the people that I love and, um, Karina being, you know, knee deep in seminary at this point and, and on her way to ordination, um, it all just feels like, uh, just dream come true. So dreams come true. So <laughs> yes. So my soul is my soul is everything. Might exist in every state at once. <laughs> I'm really grateful that for the way you always just share so like openly and honesty, honestly about like the the tensions of the soul, right? And like the way like 
sometimes it's like, oh, this is great. And sometimes it's like, oh God, <laughs> what is going on? Um, so I really, I appreciate the the space you make for that, for other people to do the same thing, but also just how authentic you always are with everything. Um, it's just really such a joy. Um, I'm curious diving, I guess, back into kind of your journey in CCW, right? Like, cause it very much sounds like a journey. Um, how have you seen worship in CCW spaces evolve over time? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the reasons I was attracted so much to CCW um, was because of Derek's connection with worship, being a worship leader, being a singer. Um, and there's just a level that he, I felt so understood as a, really when I came into CCW, I was just a musician. I was, I would not call myself like a worship leader or someone who had any sort of like interest in that kind of leadership. You know, I was just a musician, but I felt so understood by, by Derek because he had so much experience in, um, the worship arts ministry. And so that, that was just an easy front door for me. And it's always, um, you know, worship through music has always been such a emphasis at, at CCW. Cause I think there's always been an understanding amongst the leadership of just, um, the experiences you can have communally, um, on just a deeper level than words that then words can take you to, you know, you can be moved by a great message. You can be moved by a relationship, but, um, there's also experiences that you can have through experiencing art, through experiencing music, through experiencing um, media that just touches us in a deeper place. Um, so that that is just something that I, I have just taken with me. I mean, clearly I've taken it with me and it's it's become sort of like my my life's journey and my, my thing. Um, how have I seen worship evolve over time? That's actually a really hard question. I think one way that worship at CCW has changed is I think that early on, this has been my experience at least, there was, there was a lot of emphasis on um, reclaiming space and um, being seen as sort of a valid movement in the sort of broader American church context. Um, and I think now what I see when I look at the leadership of CCW um, it's like, no, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to do it well. <laughs> we're just going to like make our own space. And I just, I just love that. And from, you know, it's like, there's some times where, yeah, like you want to like for, for, you know, forcibly put yourself at the table and be like, no, I belong here. And then other times it's like, no, let's just make our own table. And so just seeing the sort of like the queer leadership in CCW and, and the, the, the POC folks that are, that are just um, making their own table. I think that's one way that CCW has evolved over time. That's really good. I, um, I really like that distinction and, uh, and just building, building our own table. And I, at this point and this episode, we've mentioned open table and we've talked a little bit about what that means for us. I'm curious about what you think worship means for a community like CCW. I mean, how do we even define that? Mm, Yes. So I think the classic understanding of, of worship, right, is, you know, prescribing worth to something. And so we, you can sort of worship a number of things because it's just sort of putting it in a place of, of honor or of distinction. And I think um, for a long time, the church has seen 
worship through this sort of old um, kingdom king imagery and stuff where it's like you, you come into the the throne room, right? And you sort of like lay prostrate before God. And and I think there's value to that. I also think it has limitations to seeing and understanding worship that way. I think that what worship can and does look like for a community like CCW um, is, again, going back to the table imagery, acknowledging um, sitting in a circle or sitting at a long table um, that God is present in situations like this, you know, and that God is already like the um, everything that fills the space between us and celebrating that, celebrating the distinctions between us, the differences, um, the things that we are on the same page about, things that we are not on the same page about. Um, and so in that way, it's worship is connection to each other and acknowledging and celebrating that connection um, and then I think also, I think worship is also prophetic. I think it breaks us open and it, it, um, it gives us um, a language for, for the ways that we are not um, living into the kingdom or the kingdom, which is a term I've been using lately, um, in all the ways that God wants us to. And so again, sort of like, you know, often when people throw around the word worship, what they mean is like, you know, music and whatever and I think worship is it's transcendental in that way. I think it, it goes, um, you know, beyond um, our spoken theology or our thought theology. I think it's experienced theology of of God. If that answers your question, yeah. I mean, I, I know Haley asked the question, but I, I think that answered the question um, really beautifully and well. And I just, as you were talking about all these different like things that worship means and does and is right. All these, these different spaces it inhabits and takes up. I just, I was thinking about different moments in CCW related to worship that like were those things for me. Right. Or like, I was like, Oh yes, I felt that thing in that moment. And I guess I'm curious if you have like some favorite CCW worship memories that fit into some of that, or just don't even fit into that. You're just like, no, that was just like an incredible moment. Oh gosh. I mean, there's, just so many. I mean, I think like, firstly, just the the cultures that we cultivated around retreats, um, and and what house worship looked like, and I think to 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 name it explicitly, I think that what we created in those environments was like no hierarchy, you know, and and even early on, it was like for those of us that were that were sort of leading the songs or leading worship, like. We didn't even have microphones. And so it was like, you had to like scream if you wanted to like tell everyone in the room like wh what direction we were all going. <laughs> and, and to the point where it was like, there were moments where like the, the lead was taken from me and like just the room was like moving in a direction that I was like, oh, I have no control over, the, over this anymore. And so I should just like ride it out, you know? And like non, you know, th that's when I think of like, you know, the kind of worship I want to be involved in, it's non-hierarchical non and... So that that feeling of of um, just because I'm the one with a guitar like doesn't mean that I'm the one that's and obviously it, it you know if we believe in the kind of God we believe in like obviously I'm not the one in control but practically that's usually what it looks like in church spaces is you know the person you know it's usually like a dude you know in the middle on stage with like a nice guitar and like everyone is just doing what he says to do and um, feeling completely like helpless 
in those moments to me was liberating and um and to me felt like felt like true worship um and felt wild and um I love like uh C.S. Lewis and Narnia and so I think of like uh what is he what's the quote about Aslan it's like Aslan is good but Aslan is dangerous and wild and like that to me like was what those moments felt like to me good dangerous and wild and and unpredictable and um so those I mean also just how many um opportunities CCW had as a ministry to lead multi-generational churches all over Florida and just and um just always feeling like we were just put in places of leadership and how much trust was given to us to to lead folks and I never felt like we were treated um lesser or like, oh, these young kids coming in, da, da, da. It's just like, it never felt like that. It's like, oh, well, you have truth, speak it to us, you know? Um, and that to me is just, again, talking about like, uh, w- one of the things I do appreciate about, there's a lot to be said about our denomination, but that's one of the things that I, I've just always been so grateful for um, is that that opportunity. I am loving where this conversation is going and those opportunities kind of open up a whole depth of conversation in the ways that uh, the band has been integral to a part of the CCW story. So when we come back from break, let's break down a little bit of that. So stay tuned, friends. friends. Well, uh, as we pause from our conversation with Troy, we're actually going to get to have a great conversation with Erin Bird, who uh, served a lot of different roles in CCW, which I'll let her um, share about. But Erin, I'm so glad you could join us in. uh, I just need the people who are listening to the podcast uh, to know that Aaron came uh, dressed to the part in an old CCW sweatshirt and <laughs> really good to hang out with you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the role or roles you had in CCW and what you're up to now. Um, so a little bit about me back in the CCW days, I was Aaron Campbell. So if you ever see that name out there anywhere, <laughs> that's me. Um, but what I'm doing now is I am still hanging around UNF. I now work in the office of planning and budget, and I have worked at UNF ever since I graduated, which is approaching 10 years very quickly. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Um, But what did I do in CCW was basically a little bit of everything. Um, I'm sure if you are currently involved in CCW, you you know how that is. Um, You just kind of jump in wherever you're needed. Um, So that's basically what I did. Um, I was never officially on staff, but I like to think of myself as like an honorary staff member um, (laughs) because I was basically always around doing something. Um, I did a lot with the band. I was the band manager at one point. Um, I was on the key team, which was like the core group. I don't know if you guys still have that core group of volunteers and leaders. 
Um, I did a lot with community night and that was at UNF JU. Sometimes I was involved with that and I helped start up when we got involved with Flagler. Um, so I did some there as well. Um, I helped plan the launches, some of our trips that we went on. Um, I was involved in Evolve gatherings, planning those and making sure everything ran smoothly throughout the night. And I also was involved with the fellows, which was like the creative um, team, I guess. I think that's the right name for it. I was trying to remember. <laughs> but yeah, I probably did more stuff, but basically just jump in wherever people needed help. So I feel like that is still very much the case and how many yeah. of us feel. <laughs> so I'm really actually very curious about your band manager role because this is for the worship episode, right? So we're like talking a lot about yes. worship in this episode. And I'm curious what you did in that role, but also what was like worship like during that time period? What was going on? Um, so what I did as band manager was basically like making sure we had people there to play instruments and um, you know, figuring out who we needed, where, what gathering and things like that. Um, I think you guys sometimes have multiple things going on one night now, right? Or no? Sort of pre-COVID. Yeah. We would have JU yeah. on Sunday afternoon and then Flagler Sunday evenings. So like a group of people had to like leave gotcha. early or be, yeah, almost yeah, simultaneous. So, okay, cool. Slightly off. Um, yeah. We didn't do quite as much. I don't think so. Like um, smushed together, but, um, yeah, basically just making sure we had band people at whatever gathering, um, whether it was going to be like an acoustic worship set or like a more full band. Um, but yeah, just mostly making sure people got there <laughs> and helping, you know, get everything set up when we were doing traveling around and setting up in different locations. Um, so, and then what was worship like? Um, you know, it's been a long time, but I still remember that, you know, it was always just a great time to come together as a community, be able to worship in whatever way, you know, you wanted to. Um, we had worship gatherings at different people's houses sometimes. We'd be at UNF, JU, Flagler. Um, so just wherever we were, it was just so cool to come together and we had different worship leaders that would lead in different times. And so sometimes just being able to be there and worship and not having to be up in front of everybody. Um, but yeah, I just always remember it was like powerful and just like, you know, having the community all come together to worship was just the coolest thing. Yeah. I think that's like still one of the big things that people think about. I know one of like my core CCW memories and like one of the moments that really solidified me as a CCW person was we were at a retreat and we decided to go out on the beach. It was dark. It was like pitch black. We probably weren't supposed to be out on the beach, <laughs> um, but we just went out and like spontaneous worship happened. Like some people had brought guitars and we were just like in a circle singing and it was just like the most holy, like beautiful, like moment. Um, I still think about it sometimes. They're just so good. And so I guess I'm curious if you have like some favorite worship related memory from when you were in CCW too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
I would probably say some of my favorites were when we were traveling and doing worship. Um, Like we went to Romania three years in a row. And so like, I always feel like, you know, when you go to another country and you're exposed to another culture and like how they worship, sometimes it's kind of like overwhelming, like in a good way, like how connected they are and how um, just how like freeing it is, I guess, to be around another group of people. Um, So when we went to Romania, we learned some songs actually in Romanian. And so that was probably one of my favorite um, worship moments. And I'll never forget, we were at this one church and I don't remember exactly what city it was in Romania, but there was a guy playing accordion with us. It was just me playing guitar, Derek singing. I think Kate Slack was singing as well. And he, the guy on the accordion just wanted us to keep going, keep going. And Derek was like, okay, we're good. (laughs) Like we can cut the song now, but it was just so fun. Like just experiencing that worship uh, with them and in Romania, it was just a funny moment. Yeah. There are so many great memories and moments. It's hard to, you know, name them all here. I know we have a limited time, but um, yeah, just so many great memories for sure. I love that. And I love the, um, the way that some of that also embodies what we've talked about with, um, campus to city being, you know, students going out in the way that those launches and connecting with, um, people of faith in those other places is a a big part of that ministry. Um, I'm wondering, uh, or my last question for you is just how your time in CCW impacts uh, your life today. Um, it certainly kept you on UNF's campus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't feel like it can fully like express how much it's impacted my life because I don't know how different my life would be if I hadn't been involved with CCW. Um, But for me, like, I basically like everything I did was related to CCW for that period of time. And I definitely miss it. Um, You know, not so much the late nights, you know, I'm kind of happy to go to bed a little bit earlier sometimes now. Um, But yeah, just having that community um, of people and a lot of the people that I was involved with in CCW, they're still some of my best friends. Um, So that's definitely another huge part is just having that community and that friend group that kind of just stays with you for life. Um, but also of course, you know, like encouraging me on my walk with Jesus and, um, allowing me to do a lot of the work and, and the music and a lot of the things that I like to do, but also keeping me on that, you know, Christian path and, um, just having that Christian community when I was, you know, in college and even still now, you know, still connected with a lot of those people. Um, so yeah, I definitely, you know, miss having some of those gatherings and everything, but, um, still very close with a lot of my friends that connected with through CCW. So yeah, huge impact. I I can't, I can't, uh, express it all. (laughs) 
Well, thank you for, for giving us a little bit of a glimpse into that, um, that connection and, um, the people, the music, the role you took. And I know you uh, said, you know, you weren't, weren't officially on staff, but you feel like you count. And just the fact that, you know, your name was one of the few that kind of came up in shaping CCW uh, in the early days just proves like, yes, your honorary staff, honorary, <laughs> you know, uh, founder. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you guys. Um, yeah so thanks for hanging out with us and um we'll continue talking about the story of ccw worship we are so grateful to our students partners and alumni without whom the last 10 years would not have been possible as your northeast florida campus ministry we rely on your support to connect with college-aged young adults because of your donations, we are able to reach 18 to 24 year olds at UNF, Flagler, JU, and DWU, as well as those who are on other campuses in Northeast Florida or not attending college. We are also able to connect with students both in and out of Northeast Florida on our digital campus, Studio Wesley. Here, we are able to meet students where they are online and provide them with a space to ask questions and grow their faith. To celebrate 10 years of CCW, we've set a goal of raising $10,000. That's $1,000 for every year CCW has been your campus ministry. You can celebrate a decade of CCW by visiting campustocity.org 10 to give your one-time anniversary gift or commit to supporting CCW with a monthly gift. Again, that address is campustocity.org T-E-N. Thanks for being part of the celebration. All right, friends, so we're continuing our conversation about worship with uh, someone who has joined our worship team, our newest addition to the worship team, uh, Taylor. And Taylor does have a lot of musical talent and enjoys playing instruments, but what she has brought to our worship team is something completely different um, in offering uh, ASL interpretation for um, our music. So Taylor, can you tell Tell uh, the people a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Taylor Bonacera, and I am currently a sophomore now at UNF. Um, I am a ASL English interpreting major with a minor in disability services. Thanks, Taylor. And I think uh, one of the things I love is just the way that um, you've been able to incorporate something you're so passionate about and then just kind of dive in to our community. And you're just a very lovely uh, person uh, for us to, to have in our community. Um, and so I, I want to know what's it been like to be a part of the worship team? It has been very exciting. Um, although this is my first year, it was different with the pandemic. Um, I still feel like I was included in a special way because back home I don't get the type of typical worship experience like yes I did go to summer camp where I did get that but outside of that at my church I don't get that so to be able to hang around with some youth who go to college and have some interest to like I do it's been very good and I've been very happy 
Well, I'm glad you've like enjoyed it because you're just such a delightful person to have in our community. So I'm glad that you like, we enjoy having you around. So I'm glad you enjoy being around us too. Um, I am curious because you've been around for this past year. And so you've kind of seen us through some different um, iterations and moments in worship and the way we've done things. And I'm curious how you've seen it progress, especially as it relates to accessibility. So like signing and like captioning and things like that, um, in the last year. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, although it was my first year and it was virtual, mainly with some in-person, um, since uh, I feel like that we, I shouldn't say we, that CCW took like big steps, um, being the lyrics on the screen and the ASL in general um, with Evolve. And then why I say that is because as a hard of hearing person myself, I depend on captioning and the ability to read lips a lot. And so seeing CCW do that made like my heart happy <laughs> to know, like to get to get a sense slash know what is being said or saying in this case. Um, and then I was honored to be like given the chance to do the two things that I love. One which is ASL and then do two doing it through worship because that's how like I connect with God. So so and um to see me along with the captions too was another step because not many things are captioned um uh, in general for hard of hearing people to and deaf people to understand and see. Like the captions are not that great. But being with CCW they've like Make it super critical in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a growing point for us. And I know uh, with closed captioning, we've made it a big priority to try to caption songs and things that we know we can predict, but we still have a few areas that we want to grow in to be able to offer fully captioned services and other accessibility. Um, in what ways do you think we should be looking to continue to expand that kind of worship accessibility? Um, I don't, this is not like my area of expertise because I don't like to be a person to like not judge people, but give them criticism on how to um, expand on things of accessibility, although it should be something that I should do. Um, but if I did have to give some constructive criticism or suggestions, uh, I would say, like, definitely continue with the lyrics on the screen. Like, if it, is, it, could, if it could cover more areas, like, not just the songs, like, that was a starter process, but if it could expand to more areas, that would be good. And um, if such when we go in person, whatever it may look like, um, going on with the captioning thing, if it could spread on to the message or like to have like 
the message on like paper, um, for me to read and like look at, at whoever's speaking. That would be a suggestion too. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I could think of so far. Yeah, thank you for, I guess, stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit and like offering us some like constructive criticism and like thoughts on how we can do better because like that's how we grow and move forward and like, you know, progress into the future and like make more space at the table. I know um, you've probably noticed we make a lot of like conversation about open table, like Mm -hmm, being like a big thing we care about. And I think that absolutely extends to accessibility um, to people who have different abilities. And so I'm so grateful that you're like willing to speak into that space, um, and like call us out on what we can do better. I really appreciate it. Um, also earlier you said, um, I think you started to say us, like including yourself and then you're like, we, you are a part of us, Taylor, like you are in the, we, like, you don't like, you, 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 as long as you want to be a part of us, you can, you can be us. <laughs> um, you're great. Um, so I guess I have like kind of one more question. I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, but if you could just, I guess, make it really clear for all of us, like, um, why does increasing accessibility to worship matter? Like, why is it important that we do these things? So to me, increasing the accessibility of worship matters because um, as a hard-hitting person, sorry, it makes me a lot. I have to work a lot harder to um, understand things. Um, I don't think, although I have to do that, I don't think it should forbid me or anybody access to one of the best things in the world, my opinion, which is worship or church in general. Um, Although many businesses aren't willing to put the work into it, um, I think it's something that everybody should do, not just church organizations, but like other businesses. Thanks, Taylor. I know um, you didn't expressly say this, but I I just think about all the people that we miss not having the table open enough. And I'm really thankful that we haven't missed you in that midst as someone who kind of uh, straddles the world between hearing and deaf as a hard of hearing person and an mm-hmm. interpreting person. And um, by sharing your experience, that helps us uh, see one way of accessibility. And we need more students to help us be increasingly accessible and to continue to share their experiences. And so uh, you're paving a way, hopefully, for many, many more CCWNs. Um, And we all we all need to be able to come together. So thank you so much, Taylor. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We want to take a moment to thank congregations like Ortega and Lakewood United Methodist Churches in Jacksonville, River of Life UMC in St. John's, Asbury UMC in Orange Park, 
First UMC in Green Coast Springs and First UMC in St. Augustine. These congregations have been consistent in their support of campus ministry. Whether it's been annual invitations for our band to lead worship or financial support year after year, these congregations have ensured that campus ministry to college-age young adults in Northeast Florida would continue. We are grateful to the pastors, leaders, and members of these congregations for their support and investment in Campus to City Wesley Foundation. And we're back, friends. Um, so right before we left, uh, we broke off this conversation with Troy. We talked a little bit about how worship is so much more than music. Uh, and I think that that gives a lot of the, the underneath story. And yet the story of CCW does have a lot to do with the band. The band has been a big a focal point that is visible to other churches. It's It has been a way that we can go into spaces that we haven't gone into before. Um, and so I wonder, Troy, as you kind of came onto your role and began leading the band, how that uh, transitioned or shifted uh, the way that CCW, like your ministry in CCW and CCW's ministry in general. Absolutely. I think again, and I, I just to 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 give um, credit where it's due. You know, I think um, Derek as a as a personality, musicians love hanging out with Derek, and that is still true to this day. You know, even musicians that uh, you know aren't necessarily in CCW spaces, like there's just sort of a, a, an understanding there. And so Derek always just attracted um, people that were highly skilled in music. And um, often it was just funny because, you know, these musicians that sort of like um, had what what a lot of people would call bigger things going for them, you know, working at really big churches or whatever, but they wanted to be around Derek. And what that meant most of the time was being in CCW. And so CCW always just had access to um, just really um, skilled and gifted people, you know, in in the realm of of music and you know I was coming into CCW I had just been playing music full time as a bass player for 3 or 4 years and so that was like also my world um and so what we were being told time time and time again as people would visit CCW whether it was sort of like pastors or or just new folks is just how unique um, the music experience was at CCW. And, and so it was like the question was, well, how do you, uh, w- would you bring this to our church or would you ever consider da 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 da? And, um, and so then that just started like a bigger conversation for Derek and I about, well, how do we take what we're doing here and, um, and, and spread it around and, and, and influence as well? Um, my sort of like, and I couldn't have put words to it at the time, but what I want to do in my, this season of my life is influence modern worship music, specifically in Wesleyan-inspired church world. And right now that looks like specifically the UMC, but um, I just think that for a church that music runs so deep in its DNA, you know, with this, the hymns that Charles wrote, and um, we've just like, we've lost that a little bit. And there's just this sort of, copying of other church movements 
and just doing it like worse. And so we were like, again, I didn't even have words for this back then, but back in 2014, 15, Derek and I were like, well, how do we take this experience and 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 spread it around? And so that was sort of the, the, the CCW band and how it came um, a, around. And Derek was already sort of in, in his past ministries. You know, they, there was a culture of, of a, you know, original music to the community. And I think he, if I remember correctly, he even said to me one time that um, there was a moment in time where he, the, the campus ministry or the college ministry that he worked at before CCW Access, they were only doing original songs. Like they only sang songs that they wrote. And that, that at the time, that sounded insane to me. And I was like, well, why would you do that? Um, but now I, I just, I, I feel the complete opposite, you know, because I, my experience has been, and this is something, if you've been around CCW, you've heard me say this before, um, singing a song that the person in your class or the person that you live with, the person in your community that they wrote will always be more meaningful than singing a song that you know, some millionaire wrote in a $10 million studio in LA or whatever, right? That sort of just got churned out through the system. It'll always be more meaningful. And so that was the, the kind of culture that we wanted to, to create. And um, it, took, it, it took so many beautiful, took shape in so many beautiful ways. Um, and I mentioned this before, but being in local congregations, playing at juris, jurisdictional and, and district events and, and even playing an annual conference um, two years ago, um, which just, we could have never uh, hoped and, and dreamed for that uh, when we got started. There is something about music that can uh, catch for other people, those experiences and those things you hear resonated in songs. Um, the first original song I know I heard, um, from CCW was wildfire when y'all came to play at the local church I was serving as a pastor. And the fact that, um, those stories and those experiences can have enough power to get stuck in my head the next day to take root in my own, like, you know, experience and the way I understand God seems like, a really important part of ministry that kind of leads into how um, we're able to, or how the band specifically can minister on a larger um, stage than just, you know, the uh, student union at UNF or the Gamash Mm -hmm. Theater at Flagler. Um, How do you feel like that fits into like the broader context or, or mission of of campus ministry in general, the way that we worship and share those stories. Yes. So I think two two things come to mind. I think one is just and you 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 nailed it on the head. It's it's the stories. Um, it's so funny that you bring up wildfire. I was just I we we played that song here at Eastside a couple Sundays ago, and. I was thinking about how that that song has resonated so much with our church, and it's because. Um, the people at Eastside know that my sister wrote that song. And so there's a connection because they, they know me, they trust me, they know my story. And so then me telling her story and how this song came about, it just resonates in a different way. And every time I, I hear that song, I think about that song, I remember m- where I was, who I was, who my sister was when she wrote it. 
um, the, the, the season of life that she was going through and, and also just the, the seeds of, of truth that she um, came out of her into that song that were just so much more profound than she could have, um, again, just put in words for you at the time and knowing, knowing the journey that she's on and that I'm on um, and, and how the, the words of that song just still resonate to this day. I just, it, it, it makes me want to cry, honestly. And it's the same for so many songs that, that came out of CCW, you know? So I've just always appreciated CCW's culture of uplifting the stories of students and validating them where they are. Um, and in a way that, uh, in, an, in a space that may, they may not have in any other, um, uh, any other space in their life. So and there's also just this sense of um, what the songs that came out of CCW were, were markers of time and um, markers of God's faithfulness, you know? And there, there are songs that, were, that came out of CCW that very much were these, um, these longings for, for, you know, for God to show up in certain ways and, and going back and looking at the songs and saying, oh my gosh, like God did show up in that way or... I'm just being reminded of of seasons and, and um, you know for me, so very very personal just to talk about a song that I wrote in CCW. Um, my last um, retreat was in spring of 2019, and um, it was just a very emotional experience for me because you know moving to Atlanta for Karina and I was a was a huge step of faith and we had all these hopes and dreams and, and Karina wanted to go to seminary. She hadn't even applied yet, you know, and there was, there was just like a lot of openness about, about the move and, but it just felt right. And it felt like what God was, was, um, uh, laying open. I, I, I don't know, called us to do sounds very cheesy, but you, you know what I mean? It felt like the, the path that God was opening for us. And, um, this was like the last morning of the retreat and we were having quiet time and I've never had this happen to me in my life. This was like the only time this has ever happened to me. Like this song just started like coming to me. And I literally, I, I'll never forget. Um, one of our UNF students was like, also we were sharing like quiet space in like a room. And I know for a fact I scared her because I like jumped up and went and ran and got my guitar. <laughs> and she was like, uh, like what's happening? And cause I was like, I have to like put this down. And this whole, like basically the whole song like came to me in that, that morning um, and it was a song that I ended up like writing and finishing called Wherever You Go. And basically just like the lyrics of the song were just, wherever you go, you'll never be alone. And, and that was like, it was, you know, that's sort of written from God's perspective to me, but it really was like, it was what I needed to hear, right? It's, it's what I, I needed to hear from God. Like, well, I need to know that. I need to know that that's true, that no matter where I go, that your faithfulness will, will follow me and that, um, I can I can find community and love and acceptance and purpose wherever I am, and that's what I needed. And so so now, like thinking back on that song and hearing it now and knowing um, how much has happened in my life over the last two years, and that I found all of those things and more. Um, again, that's just like a marker of of faithfulness. Okay, I love that you brought up that song because I love that song, and I really one day I want it to get released publicly. I know you actually, for my birthday, I think the summer after you left, gifted me like a demo recording of it. I still play mm-hmm. it for the record because it's just oh my God. so holy and so good and amazing. Um, but yeah, I just, I love, I love, I love, I love that song. And I, I love all the things you did in CCW. Like you just, 
you always brought such authenticity and wholeness and creativity to the work you did. And I mean, I think that's like a really common thread throughout everything you've talked about today is this like creativity that you've seen in CCW and that you've cultivated in CCW. And just from the way, you know, you talked about like how people labeled CCW worship unique to like this decision to not try to do what everyone else was doing and instead like do our thing and do it well. Um, To continue with this whole like CCW story thing, how does this creating songs and creativity really like fit in clearly to CCW's story? I know you've talked about it some, but like if you can just, I guess, condense it and like talk about the experience of like creating all these albums with like original songs and like, yeah, just dig deep into that, I guess is what I'm mm-hmm. asking. In CCW, there's always been a culture of, retelling the story as faithfully as possible, retelling the story of Jesus in the most faithful way possible to those that were listening and telling it in fresh, new, creative, risky ways. Um, that's always been encouraged by Derek. You know, that that just the, the idea that God was not done speaking, right? That... Um, just the the scriptures that we have and the traditions that we have, that that was sort of it. And God's like, here you go. Like, this is everything you need. And it's like, no, that like God was saying new things for the next generation and that um, wholeheartedly believing um, that 18 to 25-year-olds in Northeast Florida had just as much divinely inspired words to speak and songs to sing as anyone in all of history and and trying to elevate that that that's where it all started and so all of the effort all of the experiences it was all it all came from that that um paradigm yeah yeah and i think we still we see that today and i think i think we especially see that in the way the last few years ccw has like really been pondering these questions of like inclusive and accessible worship, right? I know that was like a conversation that was happening while you were here. It's a conversation we're still having because we, it's something we have to keep moving forward in. And it takes a lot of creativity and like fresh ideas um, to do just because like, I don't think it's really been done super well, actually, like across the board in Christianity, at least Wesleyan or sorry, actually not Wesleyan, like Western European white centric evangelical mm-hmm. Protestant, that all umbrella words, you know, descriptors, people know what I'm talking about. Um, so I guess I'm curious how you think we move worship forward in those areas. And like, also what work are you doing to like be a part of that? Cause I, I feel like I know that you have some cool things that you're involved in. Um, in that area. Yes. Um, so many, so many things to be said, and you can take that question in so many different um, directions. I mean, I think to try and hit all of the areas as well as possible, there is a narrowing that happens. There is a um, closing off that happens where we say, oh, well, only this is real worship, right? This one small um, 
example right here. And, and what that ends up looking like is, oh, only music that sounds like this. Only people that live their lives like this. Only people that look like this. Only people that have these kinds of experiences. Only people that can engage in singing or can hear it all. Only You know, like there's so many different um, um, intersections um, that get lost when we, when we narrow what um, the experience of worship and the, the production of worship is. And so that's why, that's one reason why when I try to talk, when I when I talk about worship in music, I try to be explicit about what I'm talking about because worship is not music, right? Um, worship exists in the way that we live our lives, and, and music and putting music together for the purpose of worship is just one one way that we can do that. Um, so there, there's that. I mean, some of the stuff I'm involved in, yeah. I mean, so this this is like my life's work right now is um, is the broadening of our understanding of, of worship in um, modern church, in mainline, uh, moderate to progressive Wesleyan world. And so a bunch of different things. One, one really awesome thing that I got to be a part of um, last year is a team called CCLI Top 100 and Beyond. And to skip like a very long, boring story, um, essentially the Methodist Church put together a team um, about six years ago to look at modern worship songs and basically like rank them based on theology and stuff. And so there was like five, uh, you know, categories for, you know, how these songs were ranked and whatever. And so they did that for a couple of years. And what they realized was all of the music that came through um, their team was all songs from white conservative mega church world. They were all passion. They were all Hillsong. They were all whatever. And they were not representative of um, you know the church, broadly speaking, and so basically the team that I was put on, um, basically what we did was we did something very similar. We sort of fine tuned the the metrics and the the theology and the different things that we were ranking, but we um, very intentionally had a, an incredibly diverse team from all over the United States. Um, and we put together a new list of worship songs that came from only um, uh, folks of color, queer folks, um, people that are differently abled, um, and, and also that don't come from sort of corporate, um, you know, big money environments. Because they, they have the ability to put, get their music to churches, but these other, you know, independent artists don't. And so we, we basically made a, a separate list. I think we ended up with like just about 50 songs or over 50 songs. Um, CCW got a song on the list. So Wildfire's on that list. You know, it was written by a queer woman of color. It's like, hell yeah. Like, um, and it's, it's Wesleyan as hell. You know, it's like, that's, it's, w there's no sort of like translation needed. It's like, no, it's like, we're, we're singing our theology. You know, we don't have to go in and tweak verse two because they're talking about craziness. Like, no, it's, it's what we believe. Um, so that was an incredible, and for me, it gave me so much language um, about, um, about what worship music can, what inclusive worship music can look like. Um, you know, some of the, some of the language that we used in that group was that our worship should have expansive language for God and inclusive language for God's people. And like just that, I mean, that, that alone for worship music to be more inclusive, we have to talk about God in other ways 
than just, you know, daddy God, king God, big strong defender God. Like we need to talk about God in different ways. And the thing is like, that's all over the Bible too. So it's not like a new or different or weird thing. It's like, we've just gotten so stuck on this one image of, of how God works and then inclusive language for, for God's people. And, and I think the way we really do that is you have an inclusive group of people writing about God's people. Um, Cause you know, we can be, being an ally is awesome, um, but sometimes you just gotta give the, the microphone away. And so that, those are uh, all sorts of, of ways that we can, we can make the table uh, bigger and we can clear out space for new tables. Well, thank you friends for coming to Troy's TED Talk. <laughs> uh, we, we will work on getting a, uh, we need to get a whole like masterclass together to talk about this even more. I, I really appreciate it because and I'm glad we went back to the music piece because yes, worship is not music, but when we know the theology behind the music, it makes the music worship. And sometimes I think because we just see music and worship synonymously that we throw terrible theology out there because we like the tune or like, you know, mm-hmm. the thing we've always sung. And then you find yourself one day singing verse three and go in, that is a smaller God than I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. or that is just a smaller view of what, what's really happening. And so um, I love what you said about God not being done speaking and what a gift that the last thing you heard God say can be something that we get to sing and remember over and over again. So as we, um, close out this podcast. I just want to thank you so much for your time, your words, and um, for everyone for listening. Um, I know that we're going to have some new Spotify friends after this. Troy, amazing as always. Uh, Before we break down any more of what you had to say, we've got to hit you with our rapid fire questions. The last rapid fire questions of the podcast series. So, um, First thing off the top of your head, and it hopefully will help people get to know you as well as um, just more of your heart. Um, first one, easy. What's one thing you can't leave your house without? Chapstick. Okay, but same, same for the record, same. Um, question two, rapid fire, a little more difficult. Uh, what does CCW mean to you? Oh, gosh. How do I do this rapid fire mode? CCW changed my life. And I, I don't, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I mean, um, the community, my relationship with Derek, the, the, um, the world that I was thrown into um, was so expanding for me. I, I thought that I knew everything I could know about God and about God's people when I was 19, you know, and then having that completely blown up um, what uh, changed my life and set me on on the the path that I'm on now. So that's what CCW means to me. I love it. All right, last question: If you could say one thing to today's college students, what would you say? Ooh, if I could say one thing to a college student, I would say the best is yet to come. Wonderful. Troy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for um, just the leadership that you're getting to 
that you're getting to continue. Like, I want to claim the beautiful ministry. You get to do it Eastside Church, not because I was a part of CCW when you were there, but I just know that that is how CCW equips leaders to continue the work. And I'm just yeah. so thankful you're doing that. Um, and yeah, it's just been great to talk to you. Appreciate you guys so much. This was this was beautiful. Yeah. Bye, friend. Hello, everyone. Um, it is time for our final future focus segment. We are here with Neil McMichael, um, the current CCW uh, worship ministry assistant. Um, or as I like to call him, the professional band boy. Um, <laughs> and that's boy, B-O-I, for the record, just because we're cool here. <laughs> and anyway, I will let Neil tell you a little bit about himself and his roles in CCW over the years and what his role is now as a worship ministry assistant. Uh, thank you for that lovely introduction, but uh, I prefer the term professional worship boy, um, not just band boy. Um, but, you know, you're so close, Sarah. So, yeah, uh, I am the ministry assistant of worship or worship ministry assistant, whichever way around you want to do it. Professional worship boy. I, you know, lead worship. I pick the songs. I schedule the people. I try to schedule the recordings and whatnot. And uh, pretty soon in the future, I'll be overseeing live gatherings. And that's totally not stressful at all. But, you know, we're we are here for this is what I signed up for. And this is what I love to do. And, uh, but yeah, it started out in CCW, um, you know, just as a student and stuff. But now here we are. It's been really fun to get to know you over time. And you were part of CCW before I was. But just going from being in the corner for most of gathering time playing John Mayer songs on your guitar to now being out front and us getting to hear your voice, like, there's been a huge evolution in, uh, in your role. And um, I'm curious about your hopes for the band and how you hope, um, you know, moving to live gatherings will move things forward, future focus, you know, all that good stuff. It almost, like, I feel like my initial challenges with like pushing the band forward is almost like, taking steps backwards and like getting like a return to form. Cause I need to like figure out like, okay, what was like the standard for, you know, whenever like we were performing like on campus. Cause even though I was part of like, you know, those on-campus performances, I really just kind of like set up my own stuff. And then, you know, like you said, I just sat there and like, you know, play John Mayer riffs on guitar or something like that. I didn't really focus much on, you know, what Ty was doing with like the mixer or, you know, how to mix like live events. Like, I never really did much of that, you know, usually like someone else did, whether it be Troy, Ty, Austin, or whoever. Um, so now that is my job and my responsibility. So I feel like in order to go forward, I need to go backwards and realize, you know, figure out what it was we did before. That way I can get my proper benchmark. And in terms of like moving it forward, I obviously want to grow the band, but um, finding young musicians is hard. Uh, I realize that, that just finding young musicians is so incredibly like 
difficult, you know, but like, thankfully, one of the beauties of worship music is that it's fairly simple. So if you can play four chords on an acoustic guitar, you could theoretically, you know, come play in a worship band and, you know, maybe one day become a better musician and improve your musicianship and stuff. But I think that's, you know, the main ways that I'm looking to hopefully move things forward is to just grow the band, foster the next generation and like set a benchmark, but also like raise it up a little bit just because I'm a four and I'm extra and it has to be different. I think it's interesting. Yeah. You were talking about how worship songs can be relatively easy, right? Like if you know four chords, like you can come apart, like be a part. And I think CCW makes the barrier to entry in the band very low, right? Like it's like, are you interested? And do you have some sort of skill that we can like help you grow it and cultivate? Um, But at the same time, we've also been super fortunate over the years to have attracted some really talented musicians like yourself, I'm curious, I guess, if you want to talk a little more about what that that journey of like different involvement has been like, like starting out as, you know, Sydney or Troy scheduling you and then like being asked to like lead like or co-lead, I guess. And then like actually stepping into this space during the pandemic of being the person leading the band. Whenever I started out playing in church bands in high school, I always just wanted more you know, I realized how much I love like playing on stage, but not just like playing on stage, but eventually it became a love for like leading people to worship. And then, you know, when I found CCW, like it was another opportunity to do just that. Um, and, you know, CCW, like honestly helped me develop more skills as a musician um, than, you know, Trinity did in some sense. Like Trinity got me to one level, but I, I, CCW took me to a different one. Well, you shared a little bit about like, you know, you do have a background of leading worship in church spaces, and that um, is leading worship multi-generationally and, and maybe even, you know, primarily older um, congregants. Uh, and now uh, within CCW or CCW spaces, uh, leading worship for a completely different generation. Um, I'm just curious what you think uh, Gen Z and our, you know, current college age young adults really appreciate about worship and um, how is that different than other spaces you've led worship in? I think like one of the most unique things about leading worship in front or at least for like Gen Z kids in particular is that largely we're all kind of in the same boat. Like, like everybody, you know, will connect to songs for like different reasons because everybody is going through different struggles and whatnot in their life. But playing to Gen Z means I'm probably playing to college age young adults who are all stressed due to school who probably don't know what they want to do with their lives. And if they do, their answer might change in a year or six months or whatever it is. Like, so we're all kind of in the same boat and we all kind of connect to the songs in the same way. And it's just a very different energy in the room. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thought in the way that, Uh, There's something about worship, uh, specifically worshiping through music that can join, you know, kind of our prayers, our focus all together. And the fact that you're joining them among people, you're kind of amplifying something that is already there, a common thing, Um, how that can feel very authentic and genuine and um, meaningful to the people in those those rooms. 
Well, I really appreciate the work that you've been doing. I'm really looking forward to uh, us being able to sing and gather in person coming up soon. Um, So thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us. Thank you for having me as always. It's our final episode, Sarah. So I'm kind of sad we're recording this outro because that means that this is the last time we're going to get to talk to everyone about CCW stuff. Indeed, it is sad. Although I am very grateful it's it's not the last time I get to talk to you because, you know, like as we've established, you're like my bestie for the resties. And so like, I'm really grateful that the podcast ending is not the end of talking to you, even if it is the end of talking about CCW publicly with all these people. (laughs) I mean, given that we hopped on this meeting to record this and we talked for like an hour and a half before we got started, I think, I think it's safe to say our friendship will last through the ending of this podcast. Yeah, that is, it's good to know. (laughs) And also like if people have been listening and we're thinking, oh, what else did Troy say? Because we talked to Troy for 45 minutes, I think. Something like that, yeah. Um, you know, or what else did uh, Derek have to say? We always have to edit him down, you know. Um, maybe we'll record some extended interviews. Let us know if that's something you're interested in. Find us on the socials. DM us. At Campus to City. <laughs> Campus to City on Instagram and Twitter. TikTok. And TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But... No, speaking of, I guess, this episode on worship, right? Like, I just, I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, we, we talked about music a lot, right? But like, then we also acknowledge that worship is so much more than music, like, throughout this episode. Um, I think that's a really important thing to discuss. It really is. I think that if you see anything about the character of or the story of CCW worship over this last 10 years. I think the intentionality to like the depth and the theology behind the words that we sing or say uh, in our our prayers. um, I just think it can be easy to get into a routine um, to kind of say them. And I think in, in CCW, we're able to ask the question of, you know, how does this shape the image of God that I have if I say this prayer or if I sing this song? Is it consistent with how I have experienced God in my own faith? And so um, I feel I feel very proud to be a part of an organization that does take those questions seriously and takes them seriously as we plan um, opportunities to gather and worship together. Absolutely, absolutely. I um I really I was on Evolve team with Troy at one point, and I think intentionality is like the key word there, right? Whenever we thought about the songs, the message, the scripture, the takeaways, the liturgies, whatever it was, like the intentionality of creating a space that allowed people to worship in different ways together. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've said this in other episodes too, but there's 
that creativity so that people can engage um, in ways that feel genuine to them as well. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that in general about CCW, this overarching creativity to make space for people in genuine ways. Yeah. So how do we end this podcast? How do we? I mean, to be honest, I'm not, this sounds so cheesy, but I don't really think it's an ending. I think we're like putting a dash like or a semicolon or a comma or something or like we're hitting enter to allow for a new paragraph like because the story of ccw that you know we've spent a lot of time unpacking in these last six episodes is like not over and there's a whole nother portion of the story that has yet to be written that we now get to go embark on and you know maybe we'll catch people up on it on a another podcast in a couple years or someone else will catch everyone up on it yeah, we're looking years. forward to listening to the 20th anniversary podcast put on by talented people that come through the ministry later. We'll be happy to interview for it. <laughs> people. Um, and yeah, I guess one of the things we haven't expressly said, um, but that is a refrain that we often say, is that you are deeply loved by God. And if I was going to leave the people with any message... Um, I hope you know the story of CCW is one that tells you over and over that you are deeply loved by God. Amen. Is that, is that? <laughs> That's all I have for you. I, I mean, love I just, you all. Thank you for listening. Same. Honestly, so much love for everyone who stuck with us and who helped us on this podcast, both the people you heard and the people behind the scenes that you didn't hear. Um, you're all wonderful and I'm so grateful that we all get to be a part of this like incredible organization and do life together so so bye friends goodbye Let's, let's hang out again soon Thank you for listening to today's episode of the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to extend a special thanks to all of today's guests, everyone we consulted with to create this podcast, and our podcast engineer, Troy Aragon Buchanan. The ministry of CCW is not possible without the support of students, partners, alumni, churches, and the work of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. To help this work continue, please visit campustocity.org slash 10, that's campustocity.org slash T-E-N, and give towards our $10,000 goal to be a part of the story of the next 10 years. I'm Sarah Taylor. And I'm Haley Eccles. And thank you for celebrating 10 years of CCW with us.